0: Welcome to Buzz with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to this week's episode of Buzz with Brian. Thank you so much again for tuning in this week, and thanks for tuning in every week. I really appreciate the continued support. I have a very fun episode Lined up for today, we're going to settle a debate on what exactly a cream ale is, and we are sponsored by Dairy Cows. That's right, happy cows in Wisconsin producing lots and lots of cream. Despite our sponsors for today, there actually is no cream involved in a cream ale. So what exactly is a cream ale? Well, we'll settle that a little bit later, but first let's introduce the two beers. That's right, a double beer feature that we are having on the show today. First up, we are going to a fantastic brewery up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Noble Roots Brewing Company, and we are going to be enjoying their seasonal delight of a blueberry cream. Our second beer is coming from the state of Minnesota. It is a pretty well-known one, and I've actually not had it, or at least I have never checked it in on my Untapped app, so we are going to be enjoying the Pistachio Cream Ale from Indeed Brewing Company. With that, let's get on to this show. All right, so we have the cream ale today, and for the longest time I actually had no idea really what made a cream ale, a cream ale. <laughs> I actually thought there was lactose or some kind of milk sugar involved in the process. And honestly, with some of today's uh, adjunct heavy beers, there is some cream ales out there that do have um, lactose added to it. However, the traditional style does not. So, what exactly is a cream ale? Well, it's actually a hybrid beer, similar to the style that we did last week, the kolsch, if you haven't Listen to that episode yet do check it out it was it was a lot of fun and we had some good beers on but this beer is very similar to that in that it is often brewed at a warm fermentation utilizing either ale or lager yeast or both and there might even be a cold lagering period afterwards in fact when judged in competition it's usually acceptable for lager yeast to be used so it is a, a hybrid beer through and through. The ABV is going to be a very sessionable beer, up to something that you maybe only want to have one or two of, so anywhere from the lower fours to the upper fives. The IBUs will be from 10 to the lower 20s, so not very bitter, very approachable, easy-going style. A few more characteristics of the Cream Ale, they are typically very light in body with a pale malt-forward taste, and they will often have that crispness of a lager on the finish, whether it was because they actually used lager yeast or they just went through a cold lagering process after the initial fermentation. So really, this beer is very similar to the Kolsch that we did last week, but it has a little bit more of a oomph, a little bit more texture to the body, and that's partly where the name comes from. Um, when you use the term quote-unquote cream, it's thought to depict a rich or silky beverage and a texture and taste, which the, most cream ales do really embody. Cream Ales, I think, are great lawnmower beers, tailgate beers, etc. So with that, let's get into some history of how this style came to be. (music) To start off here, the Cream Ale is one of the very few styles of beer that is truly an American-made libation, despite other similar styles existing, i.e. the Kolsch. Like many of the styles we have covered on the show, the cream ale was brought on by the demand to keep up with competitors. So our inception story brings us back to the early 1800s to the 1840s, where the U.S. saw a large influx of Germanic immigrants. And with these immigrants, they brought along their brewing expertise of creating light, easy-drinking German lagers. So companies that come to mind in this time period that came about Anheuser, Miller, Pabst, Schlitz, etc were all getting started by the mid 1800s and were taking their brewery industry by storm going into the 20th century. Keep in mind this is pre-refrigeration, so making a change to your brewery to start lagering would be either impossible or a very expensive endeavor. So all the already existing breweries in the US are like scratching their head, how can we keep up and- make a style of beer that's gonna compete with these light lagers without completely investing into a new whole setup of our brewery. So what a lot of them started to do was, hey, let's just start pitching a little bit of lager yeast into our ale fermenting tanks and see what happens. They ended up getting the best of both worlds out of this product, creating a lot of really strong body from the ale yeast, but also getting the crispness of the lager on the end. So getting the best of both worlds. The big separation here though, because you're saying, hey Brian, I listened to last week's episode, this sounds a lot like the Kolsch. It is, it's very similar. But the big separation from the Kolsch here is that the American stamp was adding on corn or rice to the grain bill. This helps attribute to both the sweet, smooth mouthfeel that gives a cream ale a little bit more plumpness than the Kolsch. So thus it is a true American style. So when exactly did the cream ale name start coming about, right? We have kind of an idea of when these beers started being made, but when did cream ale become the brand? The answer is very unclear. (laughs) Prior to Prohibition, there were some East Coast breweries producing a quote-unquote light-bodied ale of this cream style, and it was known as quote-unquote present use. So present use here meaning that it's not made to sit on the shelf. To me this seems like a little bit of a marketing scheme and I think that's what they were going for here, you know, how can we sell more beer? Let's get it off the shelves. Let's just tell people it won't last that long and they'll have to keep coming back for more and more regularly. I mean, who knows, right? But prohibition did almost kill off the cream ale style and it wasn't until post-prohibition that we saw potentially the first ever, like I said, it's disputed but the first ever quote unquote cream ale on a brand. So We look at Gottfried Kruger's Brewery in Richmond, Virginia, labeling a Kruger Cream Ale in 1935. Allegedly, that's also America's first canned beer. So a little trivia fact there for you. Like I said, don't know if it's true, but that's what I got. Um, one of the more better known and long-standing cream ales, though, that's been branded as cream ale in the U.S., that's worth mentioning, is the Genesee Brewing in Rochester, New York. They dropped the Genesee Cream Ale, also known as the Jenny Cream in 1960. And I believe you can still get this beer today. I've, I've not had it yet, but it came up over and over again when I was kind of looking at the research of this style. So that wraps up the history for today. Let's get on to our first brewery. First up, we have Noble Roots Brewing Company out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. It was founded in 2009 with humble beginnings of a father-son duo, Marvin and Alex Fallish. They started creating craft beer in a home brewing fashion. They quickly moved on from their five-gallon batch to a half-barrel system. Like I said, they are in Green Bay, and they are located on the east side, similar to Stillmank Brewery that we featured in episode 005. Much like Stillmanc, it is a smaller taproom that Noble Roots has. It looks like it used to be potentially a old gas station or just a one stall kind of auto repair shop that a car could pull up through. But they have continued to improve upon their taproom space and certainly have expanded the outdoor space they've had in the past few years. That includes a very large pergola for shade as well as some clear paneling on top of that in case there's rain in the forecast. Underneath the pergola they have mounted on some very large heaters so that beer patio that they have is going to stay nice and warm even during the cold um, early spring and well into the late fall. So tip of the cap to Noble Roots for not only expanding the number of patrons they can serve at once but also for expanding the accessibility of their tap room for a larger part of the year. And speaking of enjoying beers in their tap room, Noble Roots always has such a wide variety of styles. I think that's one thing that Marv and Alex do a really good job of is creating a sense of kind of inclusivity to the beers that they offer. I think anyone that's a beginner and they're not quite sure what they like on the craft beer scene, Noble Roots would be a great place to start because you're going to find at least one, if not more than one thing on their menu that you're like, hey, I actually do kind of like this style. And one thing that they do have that's unique is their garage series. And I think we have to touch base on this. So I think Garage Series is a pun on not only the establishment that their taproom is located in, but also the fact that Marv and Alex, I think, did some of their, you know, back-in-the-day home brewings in their garage. The garage series is always a little more on the experimental side. It's created in their small little brewery system. It might be their original half-barrel batch system, still, I'm not quite sure on that but it's always something fun. It's something light. It's something different to try. And a lot of the times you, a garage series, it comes and goes and you never see it again. But ever so often a garage series is like so much that Marvin Alex decide, Hey, we should make this into our regular rotating lineup. And if you go to the brewery and ask, I'm sure that you could point out at least one or two beers currently that they have on top that they're like, yep, that is something that was originally a garage series that we like so much. And we've, we've turned it into a beer. So with that, let's get into the beer we have of theirs today. All right, time to drink a beer, and we have quite the beer in hand. We have the Blueberry Cream from Noble Roots Brewery. I'm very excited to actually have my hands on this. It came out just a few weeks ago. It is a traditional spring release for Noble Roots, and it is highly coveted. This beer is weighing in at 5.2% and 20 IBUs. Our serving vessel is a 16-ounce traditional pounder, and I'm quite excited to open this can because every time I see this beer, it puts a smile on my face. It always makes me think about the time coming in on release weekend of the Blueberry Cream up at Noble Roots, and everyone sitting at the bar has got a pint in hand, and what what are they drinking? You guessed it, Blueberry Cream. How could you tell, though? Well... (laughs) marvin alex will backstock the bar and actually garnish your beer with uh you know a little handful of blueberries and it's fun to see them kind of bobbing up and down floating in the beer um it's it's quite the show and everyone's just having a good time so with that let's get on to this pour Okay, so pouring this beer out, it is a beautiful gold color. There's a little bit of a dark hue in there, but it is pretty pale. It's very clear, and we're getting a very kind of beautiful cascading white foamy head, about a half inch settling on the top of this. Um, And honestly, the second I opened the can, I could smell a little bit of blueberry, but let's get in for a closer smell here. Oh, yeah, that is so delightful. (laughs) The, The blueberry just really hits you in the nose, but I think there's something else lingering in the back. One more smell. Yeah, on a deeper inhale, there's a little bit of a light cracker smell just lingering in the background, but the blueberry is very abundant. So, without further ado, let's get on to the first sip. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yes, one more, one more. Oh, yeah, that's delightful. So, the blueberry flavor is, I would say, neither neither overly tart or sweet. It kind of sits right in the middle. The taste is just so fresh. It's like I'm walking up to a blueberry bush and just kind of picking whatever I want. But once the blueberry flavor passes, there's something else left on there. So let me get one more sip. Mm. Yeah, it's just like that simple pale malt flavor that really takes over and it honestly kind of smooths out the edges of the beer. And I think that's what's kind of not I don't I don't want to say dulling down the blueberry. Like I said, it's it's just not it's not sweet. It's not tart. It's kind of middle of the road. And I think that's it's balanced out by that pale malt. The mouthfeel of this beer, there's a slight silkiness to it, which is spot on with what I said earlier. You know, the word cream and food product usually depicts a silky-like texture, and Noble Roots, you guys are nailing it right now. So uh, balance, like I said, beautifully balanced between fruit and malt. The drinkability is, I think, if you don't like blueberries, you're not going to like this beer. If you like blueberries, I challenge you to not like this beer. It's it's wonderful. So with that, I'm going to finish the rest of this glass, and we'll move on to the next brewery. Okay, our second stop brings us up to Minneapolis, Minnesota with Indeed Brewing Company. Indeed was founded in 2011 by friends Tom Wisenand, Rachel Anderson, and Nathan Burnt. And the taproom opened up in the Twin Cities in 2012 to start pouring beers for their patrons. And this is actually a unique occurrence for me. I just had the opportunity to check out the Indeed Brewing Company space up in Minneapolis just a couple weekends ago. And I've also been to their MKE tap room that they opened in 2019. So it's a rare, like I said, rare occurrence for me to actually have been to both tap rooms that some of these breweries start to offer up. As I said, I was at the Minneapolis location with a couple friends a couple weekends ago, and it was a beautiful time. I mean, it was a fantastic location, a big kind of old industrial building, brick wall facade on the inside, beautiful back bar, oddly familiar back bar. I'll get to that, but oddly familiar back bar. And they have a nice, wonderful outdoor patio space that kind of overlooks some railroad tracks. You might see a train flying by um, while you're sitting there enjoying a beer and lots of hanging plants. I mean, it was it was springtime in the Twin Cities and it was just beautiful. I, I cannot say enough good things about the, the evening I had at Indeed. I probably spent more time there than I originally planned, but hey, I'm not complaining. <laughs> the Milwaukee taproom, on the other hand, has a little bit larger of an indoor space and an, another beautiful back bar. And some of the cool history behind that back bar that they have and it's one of those you know carved wooden columns big ornate floor to ceiling as far as that goes and it has a bunch of like built-in cabinets and things like that that space that bar that they have was actually brought to Wisconsin from minnesota it's an original back bar from the hams brewery that's right made in the land of sky blue water and that's. i think that's really neat that indeed being a minnesota brewery wanted to bring a little bit of a piece of minnesota all the way all the way to wisconsin with them to milwaukee and i can only imagine the cost of either disassembling and shipping and then reassembling this bar or just shipping it as one big piece both breweries offer great spaces they offer great beers i encourage anyone to go out to indeed if you're in the twin cities or the milwaukee area and you're gonna have a good time so with that let's get on to this beer Okay, so beer number two, we have the Pistachio Cream Ale from Indeed, and this beer is weighing in at 5.5%, so a little on the higher end for the cream ale style, and only 15 IBUs, so once again, not expecting a very bitter beer here. The serving vessel for this is a 12-ounce can, and it is a, an adorable little can. I think Indeed does a really good job with their can artwork. Um, it's got some very fun... Uh, bright green colors on it along with some muted whites and grays and there's a bunch of little cute pistachio nuts trying to break out of their shells with little (laughs) little hysterical faces on them so um, i'm excited for this one let's let's get into this pour So far, a lot of similarities on this one. It is pouring a beautiful gold color, much like the blueberry cream from Noble Roots. We're seeing a good amount of carbonation, perhaps a little bit more. There's about an inch of foam settling on top of this glass. And much like the Noble Roots, the second I opened this can, there was a big whiff of aroma that came through and it was quite pleasant. So let's get into the glass for a closer smell. Oh yeah, see, I definitely get that. Uh, it's got it's almost a very distinct roasted nuttiness. And... Yeah, on the second on the second sniff there oddly a, like a sweet whipping cream, like if you just added a, just a touch of vanilla to it. That's what I'm getting. So, let's get into this first sip. Oh, wow. Okay, one more. Wow, okay, complex for sure. I mean, it's supposed to just be a cream ale. Yeah, it's got pistachios in it. What, you know, so what? But this is a complex beer. I got to one more sip to really get a grasp for this. Yeah, there's quite a bit going on. So, I mean, I get a very creamy vanilla forward. That's what comes up front, which is odd because I feel like that when I opened the can and first got my smell in there, the nuttiness of the pistachio came through, but no, it's a creamy vanilla forward beer. But on the back end, the fresh nuttiness kind of comes through and it's not the roasted nut. It's like a fresh nuttiness, like like a butternut spread almost followed by then that mildly bitter roasted nut flavor on the finish. So This beer is, it's got a lot going on for being a simple thing, and I I dig that. This is nice. One more sip here. Yeah, I mean, compared to the Noble Roots 2, there's a little more body on this beer. It's got a little more full profile to it, and it's definitely a lot more creamy. Not as silky, right? I think I would describe the blueberry cream as silky. This one's definitely, like, yep, creamy. So... I think balance wise, uh, very well balanced uh, for what they're trying to accomplish and the drinkability. I could see this being a great, you know, after dinner beer, a little more dessert like with the creamy flavor and fuller body. But I mean, this is something that, yeah, you just had a nice meal, polish it off with this for a little dessert. So I'm going to finish this glass and we'll get on to the ratings. Okay. So this was a tough one. Both of these beers were excellent and I had a really hard time deciding which one I liked better. Honestly, I mean, they're very different beers. We talked about that in the review, but they're both really excellent beers, but I think one shined out a little bit more for my personal palate on the end. So zero to five blueberry cream from noble roots. I'm going to give it a four to five. That's right. Four to five. Very strong score. And the Indeed offering on the Pistachio Cream Ale is going to get a 3.75. It was a little bit too much for me at the end, a little too full for me. I liked the kind of lighter body of the Blueberry Cream compared to that, but both are great scores. 4.25 again for Noble Roots, Blueberry Cream, 3.75 for Indeed, Pistachio Cream Ale, and that's a review. All right, beer fans, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, thank you so much for your continued support and tuning in this week and every week. It really fuels my fire to keep drinking these beers for you and spitting out a little brewery history and beer style history. As I have mentioned in the past few weeks, if you find yourself at today's breweries or any of the breweries we featured, let them know that, hey, Buzz with Brian gave you a good shout out. They featured a couple of your beers in the show or hey, maybe I'm coming to this brewery for the first time because Buzz with Brian really recommended it and I wanted to check it out for myself. I think that'd be really, really neat. Moving on, if you're looking to find these beers out in the wild, Noble Roots Brewery is pretty small in Green Bay, but since the pandemic hit with COVID, they've really upped the amount of canning that they do. You might find a lot of their beers out in stores in the Green Bay and surrounding community, as well as if you visit the brewery, they're sure to have some four packs of cans to go that you can take home with you with wherever you're headed. Um, indeed, on the other side is a bit larger scale. They obviously have the two tap rooms in two different states, so they are widely available in the state of Minnesota. You can also find their beer on their website with a beer finder. Um, in addition to Minnesota, though, they are in parts of North Dakota, as well as the Eau Claire, La Crosse, Milwaukee, and Madison regions of Wisconsin. As always, continue to give my uh, social media follow a like, give this podcast a subscribe, maybe write me a review. Really appreciate any efforts on that front. If you want to write in any ideas or any specific beers you want to see on the show, like we've had a couple uh, guest submissions the past couple weeks, feel free to reach me at buzzwithbrian at gmail.com. And with that, we'll wrap things up. Can't wait to get back on the mic again here soon and enjoy another beer. Cheers, beers.